You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hello and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Melanie. And yes, that is Melanie from the JCN <laughs> Clinic with me again today. We, um, as if you're an avid listener, you'll know that we're having more of the team come onto the podcast in between myself and Carissa. So Mel, I was thinking before we dive into today's topic, just for anyone that's new, because we've had quite a few new people jumping on the podcast and listening lately, which is awesome. If you could just tell them very briefly, obviously from the clinic, but yeah, like who you are, like what you, what you do at the clinic um, okay. and maybe like one of just a few of the, yeah, what you do at the clinic and just a few of the things that you particularly love treating. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, I am um, obviously at JCN, all the lovely other packies that work there. Um, and I guess a oh, few areas that I love delving into is gut health, of course, love that space. And then childhood nutrition, because it kind of ties in. I see a lot of gut stuff happening in childhood nutrition and it's just a really lovely area to support because it sets them up you know for long-term health and then um sports nutrition we've been getting a little bit into that myself and jess <laughs> now we can bounce that off each other a lot more and um those are probably the main areas because there's other you know the immune system support and chronic um chronic pain management that kind of ties in with um these other areas as well so yeah for sure and one of those areas that you just mentioned is a nice segue in today's topic, which was a question from a listener. And I was like, oh, I know who I need to get on the show to talk to me about that. <laughs> and she was asking if we had talked about the benefits of exercise for women as far as health. And I said to her just through DMs, you know, we've talked, we've had We've had Michelle Mayer on the podcast and we've yeah. talked about training for women and nutrition around training and we've had some really nice sort of meaty discussions around that. But I don't feel like we've just talked specifically about the benefits of exercise overall for women in that more health space. So, yeah, what we're going to do is just go over some of these main areas that we feel are quite critical and obviously you know we are nutritionists clinical nutritionists we're not personal trainers um but the reason why i thought mel and i were quite apt to talk about this is well one obviously we're talking about this about the health aspect so we are quite um well versed and knowledge there but also we both have such a passion area for this topic and we both do a lot ourselves as far as training and our own training goals so we're, we're both kind of heavily invested in this space. So, yeah, it'll be a goodie. It'll be like, yeah, can so. we keep this short and sharp or will we be here forever? I was actually planning on an hour, but I forgot that it was meant to just be the short one. We'll, yeah, we'll probably end up pushing fun. it. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to talk about these, these sort of beneficial areas. Um, I thought... The first thing to mention here was when it comes to exercise and training for women, I feel like one of the major focal points is just the aesthetics of this, um, which we definitely want to acknowledge because a lot of women come to exercise and training for um, how they want to look and how they're looking to maybe change their body or their body composition. Um, mm. And we totally get that. Um, and obviously that's something even with the clinic that we see clients doing alongside what they're doing with their nutrition and health too. But really for today, I mean, it'll kind of be interwoven, but for today we're sort of diving deeper than that when we talk about health and the benefits. Um, but I just thought that was important to acknowledge because 
yeah, obviously, <laughs> most most women, don't you agree? Like most women are attracted to maybe exercise and training first and foremost around realistically modification of how they look rather than thinking about the things we're going to talk about today. Absolutely. And it can, it, it can be like that for nutrition as well. Like, you know, you wanted to change up mm. certain habits that you have to, you know, change your body composition and how you look. And that is absolutely like just a nice segue into looking into this area. And then a lot of the time you tend to see that if you build that, you know, those healthy habits around it, it can just, you know, open up so many like different areas of health that um, I guess you don't necessarily connect the associations with until you start feeling it. Like, you know, the energy improvements, the nervous system, like the moods and, you know, and then your nutrition tying into it as well. It's like one of those habits that or lifestyle things that you can implement that has that positive effect throughout the rest of your life, uh, the rest mm-hmm. of, yeah, the, all areas of your life, I guess. So it can be. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I think, so true. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting you saying that about nutrition, isn't it? How people will come to nutrition maybe initially with just like a more kind of tunnel vision about maybe how do I change my food and my nutrition specifically to change the aesthetics of my body. But often when we're working with them, it's just like, oh, oh, I didn't realize I'd get that benefit and I didn't realize I'd feel like that. Yeah. And then seeing those yeah. sort of flow throughs. And I feel like with training, t- I'm going to sort of end up using training and <laughs> exercise intermittently here, I think. Um, I feel like a lot of people, men and women, will gravitate towards exercise and training for maybe aesthetics. And then the reason they stick with it is because of the health benefits and how it makes yeah. them feel. Um, yeah. And I know, I guess, I feel like for probably even you and I, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like for myself, for like, I mean, I've, I've exercised since I was a kid, but I feel like definitely more and more and more as the years go on, like I enjoy the aesthetics of it, but the health benefits for me particularly, which we might get into first, even though I didn't put on the list, is the is the mental health aspects. Like I just, I just cannot imagine my life without exercise. Um and yeah, I just the the the, the flow on effects of not having that in my life and how I feel mentally is just not something that I want to explore. Oh, Even those people that. around me like notice like Damien's like that. If I haven't been to the gym for a while or, or done anything, he's just like, I think you need to go to the gym. <laughs> it's only been what two? Okay, <laughs> I felt like that this morning. I, I I normally go on a Monday morning and I just. Like I was like, okay, maybe I do need a bit more of a sleep in, but it's mm. yeah, it's one of those things. Is like, okay, maybe I could have gone and I would have been had a bit more of that energy built up, released. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's yeah. it exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, should we talk? Since you brought up um, one of the things, yeah, we've just touched on is is mental health, and I guess I'd bring into that even emotional well being. I feel like this is. Maybe it's one of the ones that people do have a bit of an idea of who do already do exercise. But do you want to speak a little bit about that as far as like um, exercise and how that we we can see that sort of flow through into feeling better about ourselves and how it helps our mental health and, and perhaps a little bit about why? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's such a big area. And I guess with a lot of our, you know, like nutrition plans as well we like to touch on those areas like yeah nutrition absolutely but like those lifestyle things including movement is a big part of it because if you're you know wanting to improve like hormone health or gut health and things like that movement like in supporting that nervous system is a really big component there like um and that can be one avenue that you can include that is just it's so powerful like and it it has it has almost such a not instant like impact but it kind of does like you you know you do a session and then like it's that you're achieving something like you're either whatever your goals are you might be lifting heavier or feeling fitter or doing um, a movement you have never tried before that you thought that you wouldn't be able to do like lifting weights and um yeah using 
you know, like testing your strength and testing your mobility and you start to learn other things about your body and then you build that trust as well with you, with yourself being like, oh, I can do this and, you know, I do feel stronger and um, that builds that mental resilience as well to want you to keep coming back for more. And I think that's probably one of those, like those are, it's such a powerful thing to be able to do that, you know, a couple of times during the week and something to look forward to and um, such a positive thing if, yeah, if I guess, like with anything, if you if you have it in your mindset in that positive way, it will have that um, positive benefit. Um, instead of you know, like there's always going to be two sides to everything that you do, and it can have a negative effect if you if you're going in thinking that like this is what you have to do to get to your end result goal. Like that might put that extra pressure on yourself where you don't really need it. Um, you know that by including movement, um, just generally is going to be super supportive. So just focusing on ways to yeah, include those positive aspects is a really important thing mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah, no, love that. You know what I was thinking as you're talking about those different aspects there um, as far as that, that immediate sort of feeling versus how you're talking about hitting different goals and achievements is like that difference between them both, both are great, but one is that immediate sort of dopamine hit that exercise can give us, um, which definitely is that kind of like obviously feel good factor. Um, you know, people talk about like a runner's high, but like it's not like you don't ex- – well, I don't know. I feel like someone who runs and lifts, like there's a definitely a different feeling post-run sometimes to the yeah. gym but and lifting, but definitely there's that dopamine response even with your cortisol and how your cortisol responds during and after um, a workout um, from like a well-being point of view, as long as, as you said, there's not overdoing it, um, but essentially how that can really help with regulating our neurotransmitters and our hormones and just giving us more of that feel-good juice. <laughs> but then the other thing I love that you said is about when you hit certain goals or just like say you get a new movement or or all of those different things or a a lift that you've never been able to do before is the confidence factor because I feel like as women and it's getting better but it particularly with lifting and being in the gym it's always been a space previously where women's haven't women haven't felt confidence and you see that's changing dramatically now there's more and more women in the gym but you know, women stereotypically tend to be more of the um, fit more into, I feel like that, again, that stereotype of potentially lacking in that confidence and not believing in themselves as much as perhaps the guys that are hitting the gym. And there's nothing I find that's more lit. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of other things, but I personally feel like there's nothing that's more um, valuable to building your confidence than, hitting these benchmarks as you go and seeing your own improvement because no one else is doing that or putting that in besides mm-hmm. you. Like you might have a coach helping you and so forth, but it's still you, you're doing that. You're hitting those goals and like you get that mental health um, boost from that. Um, and I believe like it builds this kind of confidence and belief in yourself. And that is like the cream on top of the cake. <laughs> And I love seeing women like <laughs> build that. And it may, it, it maybe that seems outside the box of, of health, but that's crucial for health, right? Like that yeah. confidence. Yeah. It's a big part of that nervous system component where, you know, tapping into things that, you know, you can't buy, you can't make yourself like, you know, like these are things that you're doing with your body that, um, once you learn them, you'll always know them. And that can always be something that you can turn to when you need to, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And confidence too, like women building their confidence through exercise and and feeling more um, focused on themselves can actually translate through to their health in other ways. And particularly even I would say with nutrition, and I'm sure you've seen this with clients and even experienced it yourself where like if you're putting in that work and focus on yourself um particularly as a mum as well you know like it it kind of reinforces that in other aspects of your life as as far as like well if i'm doing this and i'm doing this for me then um yeah why aren't i doing it in these other areas like why aren't i focusing 
um, on what's best for me as far as my nutrition or like, you know what, maybe I am going to prioritize like what I want for dinner or how I'm going to make this dinner work to suit me as well as the rest of the family instead of putting myself at the bottom of the list. So I feel like it really translates in building that confidence in other areas. Yes, it's such a common thing I see with clients, of, um, especially mums and just like just people in general, like you tend to yeah. want to prioritise those people around you. And um, yeah, by including a bit of that movement, it does flow through to the rest of your body, like to the rest of you know, the areas in your life, like sleeping earlier, like improving your sleep, improving your like just paying a little bit more attention to nutrition and what, what works for you. And then possibly even like kind of, improving other like like areas of health that you never really thought of because you know that that might be impacting your performance in the gym or um yeah i think Mm -hmm. those yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was like "Hmm, yes yes absolutely It's, it's, yeah, like I feel like, again, you could just keep going down that rabbit hole and then it kind of flows into these other areas. But to move on, what I wanted to talk a bit about is the concept of movement and just physically moving your body. And we've talked about this in other podcasts around, I actually can't remember which one, so I have to have a look for you guys and put it in the show notes. I remember Carissa and I talking about it might have been some of the sort of hormone-based ones where, yeah, I think maybe as far as hormone detox, but things like assisting detoxification um, and the essentially the movement of your body on a regular basis and how that helps with that gentle detox and your lymphatics in particular. So what I mean by that is that generally most of us are more (laughs) stagnant for lack of a better word like if you have a more sedentary job and you sit around all the time um, we're not physically moving as much and we have um, we have this system our lymphatic system which helps with moving fluid around the body and has a lot to do with Um, involvement with detoxification but also like essentially the um how we move fluid and how we potentially may um i'm trying to think of the best word for it as far as how we may move fluid in and out of cells and also how we might have a tendency to store fluid Um, so a lot of women, this is also, I guess, a shoot off of sort of the hormone side of things, but a lot of women will tend to store fluid more readily than males, particularly in those sort of classic midsection areas. Um, although you'll see it systemically as well. And I'll often talk to my clients about how we need to look at, assisting lymphatics and helping this movement of fluid through the body. Now, there can be multiple reasons why we can get more of a sort of kind of under-functioning or a bit of a sort of stagnant <laughs> lymphatic. I'm using some pretty strong words here. I don't know about stagnant lymphatics <laughs> being a medical term, but we're using terms that you guys can hopefully visualise um, where things are really, really sluggish. So, yes, there can be other factors, but movement and facilitating movement is one of the more powerful tools that you can elicit into your life to assist that fluid movement of the lymphatics. Um, If you think you may have heard of things like lymphatic massage or like dry brushing, um, there's a whole lot of things out there like that, which are essentially about a manual manipulation of getting that fluid moving. So when we get out and we go for a walk or we go to the gym or we go for a run or go for a swim or whatever we're doing, we're actually assisting that movement in one of the best ways that we can. And that has a profound effect on how we day to day then are generally 
moving that fluid throughout our body and also how we're assisting it with its elimination, whether that be through multiple different avenues because we have different ways of detoxing. So I guess when I say assisting detoxification, I really wanted to kind of link in where the lymphatics fall with that. But then I think when we talk about detox, a lot of people would think about the liver as an organ. Um, so yes, the liver, the kidneys, um, even with the skin as well as one big detox organ, when we're moving our bodies more and even with eliciting sweating, depending on the type of movement that we're doing too, we're generally getting these systems um, moving through their processes a little bit more, um, not so much effectively. We're just, I, I feel like we're asking more of them in a good way. It's like flexing a muscle in its own right. Yeah. It's just like, um, essentially, uh, you know, getting those lymphatics moving more. And as a result, we're seeing that putting a little bit more of a demand onto the kidneys and the kidneys getting into what they're doing more. And then with the liver as well, if we're putting, we're getting more going, and we've got more metabolic waste happening because of the exercise that we're doing, then the liver's like, okay, cool. Let's, let's get all juiced up. Let's do these things. And we're just facilitating that movement and that natural detoxification more effectively or just, just more. Yeah. I don't want to kind of come across that like we're doing a detox, like and use, that's why I'm careful about that word, but it's just a natural process that we're facilitating a little bit more effectively or a little bit more regularly in a dialed up manner. And I think of this, as I was saying to Mel before we got on today that I had a couple of wines yesterday and I'm not good with alcohol at all and I'm feeling it today. But one of the things that I know that always makes me feel better if I feel a little bit rusty like that is to exercise. So the best thing I can do is get out and go for a walk or go to the gym and get those lymphatics moving, get that detoxification revved up a little bit more. And I know, and this is why I bring this up as an example, I think most people could relate to this where you might be like, oh, I don't want to move, but then you do it and you feel so much better because you've facilitated all those processes and moved that sort of, um, sort of in this case, that sort of like toxin load along a little bit more quicker and effectively. So I hope that makes sense. I feel that was a bit of a long-winded way, but it's like it's not the easiest system to describe to people without making it sound like it's some sort of magic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it can be hard to make it, to connect it, to make it feel relevant because when you hear things like lymphatics, it's like, well, that's not something you can, I don't know, like what is even is that? But you highlighted it really well. It is, you know, we're wanting to improve that circulation, that blood flow, get the heart rate up and get, you know, that pumping action in your muscles when you're walking mm. to get the lymph to go back up. And, um, you know, all of that really does facilitate, you know, like the excretion pathways and things moving around more like that circulation. And then the, the detox pathways too, like you highlighted that, you know, the sweating, like things, how do things get removed from the body? It is through you know, sweat, even breath, like when you're, you know, breathing mm. more with exercise, like Good you're, point. you know, um, excreting toxins in a, in a way there as well. So, and it's not like, when would you have the opportunity otherwise to do things like that? Um, you know, especially when we are, you know, office workers and, you know, doing things, sitting down most of the time, you're not pumping your legs, the muscles in your legs aren't being used. And it can just be oh, such a, <laughs> such a supportive way to, um, get things moving around the body yeah mm, yeah that's that's some good points there mel um particularly like how you described about that sort of like obviously that muscle pumping movement and that like yeah physicality of how that affects the lymphatics and the blood flow and i guess what we should highlight to bring this back to women like this sort of highlights overall benefits but what about women? Like if, we, if we're sort of talking about this, how would you relate what we're talking about back to women in particular and some of the sort of common things we see in, in clinic and with clients as to why we're like, oh, we need to get you doing this because you're experiencing X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think the biggest thing is, I guess not, 
perhaps generalizing that all women, you know, but I think it, you know, as we get older, we tend to become, you know, like our habits are shaped around the things that we do daily. And if we're working a lot throughout the day, it can be one thing that, you know, we kind of neglect or it gets put at, you know, the end of the list of things that we want to do. And I guess women's health being, you know, the, the key thing that are really important that tend to come up a lot would be, you know, yeah, hormone health and that nervous system stress reduction. Um, mm. um, as long as other areas like gut, <laughs> but, um, you know, supporting those areas for women's health specifically, I think mm. really just implementing that habit that can kind of cross over into all areas of health, like blood sugar control, insulin resistance is massively improved with, you know, exercise, um, increasing exercise throughout, you know, in your lifestyle, um, and that, that has a huge impact on your overall metabolic health and your long-term metabolic health and even, you know, nervous system and, like, that central nervous system health, like, you know, Alzheimer's, the blood, you know, blood sugar control conditions down the track. I think mm-hmm. um, that kind of comes into it too. I don't know if that kind of is a bit more, I don't know if that is really specific to women's health. Yeah, I think some of those things are for sure. I think particularly hormones, you know, I think about this kind of concept of assisting and supporting detox and lymphatics in particular with women if they have hormonal concerns or hormonal issues, particularly that sort of type of client that comes into the clinic who has like um, those sort of period that has a lot of pain a lot of congestion a lot of say clotting Um, they get like really bad breast tenderness and sort of um yeah that sort of like again fluid like a lot of fluid like a sort of you know maybe all the time all that classic once they ovulate in they're in that luteal phase and leading into their period they just get so much fluid build up yeah I just think of those types of clients like there's obviously other things that we do to support that for sure but the power of adding movement and yeah exercise regularly if these women aren't doing it can be so wonderful um so I guess I kind of think back to those type of clients or maybe even with women with skin you know again there's gonna be it's hard for us to go like well it could be also this this and this but (laughs) yeah like if there's if there's um yeah there's things going on with the skin like how wonderful is this as an additional kind of treatment protocol like you that's that's sort of I guess what we're trying to put across here is how are we using exercise and movement as part of a treatment in its own right to benefit women's health so yeah I guess I sort of which you did mention those ones I think with things like mental obviously mental health and insulin and blood sugar levels like super valid but definitely obviously males as well there yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, what about metabolic health? Like, oy, huge, huge area in its own right. But I guess you mentioned things there about like insulin, blood sugar levels, um, which is, I mean, there's so many studies now on that. But yeah, did you want to speak a little bit about the metabolic health benefits for yeah. women? Well, I guess it tends to be, it is definitely one major body system that takes a hit over the years because you know, for whatever reason, whatever, like, has led to that point, it just becomes, you know, unless unless we're taking a bit of, like, well, we have knowledge or education in that area, we're not, co- like, consciously thinking of, like, how are our blood sugar levels today? <laughs> how yeah. can I improve my insulin sensitivity? But it's definitely one area that I see, especially, like, highlighting things like body composition, which I know we're not trying to focus much on today, but, you know, if there is that metabolic health imbalance, especially with the blood sugar levels, it will impact the way that you, you know, are able to shift, um, you know, body composition in whatever way you want. So it is just definitely one area that is massively supported with um, exercise. So improving that insulin sensitivity is that common thing, you know, that they mention, that they suggest to after eating, just go for like a nice, um, easy paced walk to kind of improve Mm. that, um, pick up of sugars into the blood, uh, into, into cells. Um, so that, you know, helping to improve that process is just one example, I guess. Um, 
for that metabolic health. Mm. I love that. Hey, that sort of, yeah, 10, sort of like 10 minute walk after main meals. Um, that's sort of a relatively, I mean, it's been, it's been something that we've talked about for a long time, but I think there's some really good, relatively more updated studies that are coming out, really confirming that now. Um, and I think, yeah, the other area that ties into what we're saying, even with hormones here is, um, from a metabolic point of view is if we are dealing with hormonal fluctuations or as we're moving through different age brackets for women, particularly as women are getting into that peri and then menopausal zone, we're dealing with hormonal changes, particularly with estrogen, um, with how our metabolism starts to slow down um, as far as sort of like trying to preserve fat in regard to estrogen storage. Um, again, we've talked about that in other podcasts and I can link that in the show notes, but essentially we are finding with women that, and we again, we see this in the clinic with certain age brackets that we do, I feel like we attract a lot of um, where they are just struggling metabolically to see any change with their weight um, and whether they're doing exercise um, they might be coming to us and they're purely looking for nutritional guidance here um, and ironically they tend to be not eating enough um, which yeah, is kind of like a response to maybe right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's a, so often a response to like lessons they've learned in their younger years and, and tools they've used through dieting in their younger years but from a movement point of view we're dealing with um, trying to encourage women to either move their body to start with and look at how to integrate exercise to support their metabolism. Um, but honestly, this is an area where also we're seeing women needing to change how they're moving. Mm. Um, so they may be exercising, but we will classically see women who are um, maybe over committing the amount of exercise that they're putting into just cardio type movement um, and flogging themselves in that area or um, they may be just walking each day which is great it's still movement but there may be a need for us to look at how something like resistance training and working with building muscle for these women who are hitting metabolic kind of walls um, how that can be of major assistance Um, so I guess you know like Mel just said in some ways that crosses over into aesthetics, but it's it's this metabolic wall that I think about. That's why I think it's important as far as health because women often will get to this point where, and we'll see it, like Mel mentioned about like blood sugar and insulin, like we'll get blood work come through when we're seeing like irregular patterns with blood work there. We're seeing cholesterol climbing up, like, We might even be starting to see some liver enzymes that are getting a little bit higher. Like we'll see this kind of like metabolic strain going on and then they will be carrying more weight around their midsection um, and they will be more fluidy and they will be saying, I can't shift any weight. My doctor's saying to me, you know, I need to lose lose some fat. Like I need to, yeah, (laughs) just lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or how, how often do we also get, oh, my doctor's saying if I don't lose some weight in the next six months that they're going to put me on some statins. Yeah. Might be something, you know, that's common. (laughs) So they will come to us from that nutritional element. But what we need to look at is how exercise needs to be looked at as another therapeutic tool here but the right sort of exercise Absolutely, and Jess. yeah that one's a biggie like I you know that's probably one area that we can kind of delve a little bit more in the specifics is when we have test results like if we were to do that further functional testing with the Dutch test and it looks at your cortisol levels and how it's impacting your other hormones like the reproductive hormones if we see that cortisol is really heightened or flatlined is when you need to kind of readdress like the type of exercise you're doing and making sure that nutrition is supporting it as well. And that's probably where we will give recommendations where it's like, okay, well, maybe, you know, all this high intensity exercise 
um, you know, if we could swap it for something else just for a period of time, like just to change up your routine to kind of um, support and improve what's happening in your body and then we can reassess after that point. But I guess across the board that muscle resi like resistance exercise and muscle building is definitely an area where women tend to shy away from. I think we're kind of like more caught on to, you know, the cardio and wanting to, yeah, well, I guess I was in the gym for cardio to try and um, I guess, you know, there's all going to be um, benefits with that as well. Like you're improving your cardiovascular health and you're, you know, mm. getting that heart rate pumping. But without, you know, muscular, like, you know, your muscular tone and how much muscle we have is a huge indicator of health long term. So um, improving, you know, your muscle mass, like, yeah, increasing that lean muscle mass is going to have a massive flow on effect through metabolic health as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, love it. So well said. <laughs> and also the thing is too, the studies are there now to back this up. Well, I guess they have been for a long time, but I feel like there's more and more coming through and it's just women in particular being more aware of the fact that cardio, yeah, I love that you said that cardio has its, absolutely its benefits as far as movement, cardiovascular health and endurance but it's not the best tool to facilitate fat loss, like purely fat loss, particularly long-term and for metabolic health. You, we know now that research backs it up that building muscle and resistance training is the most effective tool that you have for actually burning, um, or it's not burning, for, for losing fat and effectively losing fat and keeping fat off and keeping that metabolism really more revved up and creating like a higher demand for calories and being able to consume more and not under eating like it has this massive positive feedback loop so there's the yeah there's there's multiple studies now that are showing this um and i think that women unfortunately and again it's getting better but women have a relationship with exercise where they still think it's about the burn it's about the the calorie burn in the session sweating lots and like I'm, that's melting off me it's <laughs> falling off you know and that's that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about the overall metabolic benefits from exercising in a particular way to support long-term your better metabolic health and to have yes it'll will it will undoubtedly give the more aesthetic goals too but from a health point of view it's going to provide so much more than just endurance um, and fitness from that perspective so yeah it's <laughs> it's it's a big one and I think as far as the type of clients we see that we would be encouraging to do this from a women's point of view, to be honest, and probably be most women um, in some capacity. Um, but again, you know, we, we totally get that we're, we're not going to give major advice here because it's not our lane. We're not personal trainers. But we do know that from a health perspective that there's not there's going to be minimal, um, I would say, circumstances where including – a couple of sessions of resistance training that were suitable for you and your level um, would not be an improvement in your health and help with the parameters from everything from metabolic health, like great blood sugar um, regulation and assisting hormone health and assisting lymphatics and detoxification. So again, yeah. like tick, tick, tick all round. Yeah. Absolutely. And especially, I guess, you know, we're kind of segueing into this, but like the different, I guess, the different types of exercise throughout the age, you know, mm. the, like that muscle building is, is really important for um, like perimenopause health because it's harder, like you just don't, it's, it's harder to build muscle mass, I guess, around that time, mm. right? Like it's not, well, I guess it's not like it's harder, but I think it's just I think it depends on uh, yeah where women are at with their hormones you know so yeah I totally agree because like you might have 
you might have women who are naturally, depending on what's been going on, they're obviously getting a decline in their sex hormones, but potentially their testosterone might be a big one. Like that might not be as robust as it was. So they might, or DHEA, right? Like as women are aging can naturally decline. So you've kind of got some hormonal factors that can be working a little bit more against you. But then, I don't know, I also think that, like, if women have never trained like that and then they train in the right way, then, you know, they can also get some pretty profound changes. But, yeah, obviously someone getting into doing this in their 20s versus someone using it as a therapeutic tool maybe in their, like, late 40s is going to look a little bit different as far as expectations. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess we kind of highlighted a few things of you know the main the main levels of exercise like strength training and high intensity and cardio, but I guess probably the most important thing like if you boil it down to is just finding the right like the exercise that resonates with you because ideally like mm. any kind of movement is going to be such a benefit to add to your you know week, and it could look different for every person and it's kind of meeting them where they're at at that point Mm. so anything from like walking and um hikes and yoga and pilates and then you go into the different areas like strength and resistance training and high intensity but whatever resonates with you as well and then whatever whatever makes you feel energized and um after it as well like it's those things to take note of how are you feeling before and after the exercise does it give you more energy does it make you feel more alive does it make you feel you know really happy or is it a little bit depleting or you're kind of bored or <laughs> like those things mm. you can tap into and see you know how to change it up a bit maybe you do need to work with a personal trainer to gain more knowledge and mm. skills in the gym or um just hit in different areas that you wouldn't necessarily think of but mm. yeah yeah it's for sure across the lifespan and then also in regard to that as you said with the different sort of ages as well it's like finding so as you yeah finding what you enjoy but also not ruling yourself out of the game because of a certain age like I think women who are listening who are maybe younger than 40 um this isn't going to be so much of a problem they can they they would take on a lot of what we're saying and being like oh that's awesome I hadn't thought about my training from that perspective that's great that that helps maybe I'll do this a bit more or that a bit more but I find that when women start to get over their 40s, 50s, 60s, even in their 70s, there's more resistance against it. It's almost like, a, um, like oh, I'm, I'm t- inverted commas, <laughs> I'm too old for that. Like all my, you know, I'm, my joints hurt too much or I've got this ailment or I can't do this. And it's, there's, there's no reason why you can't move your body if you are modifying it in the right way for you so as mel said that's where potentially a trainer and someone that's qualified to help um, can be really really powerful and beneficial and part of that might be about creating accountability like you might create accountability by seeing us about your nutrition and your health in other ways Um, but i just find that this is a bracket age-wise where that can also be a hurdle Um, and i mean i even see it with my own mum. like she she's in her 70s early 70s and three to four years ago she was a powerhouse in the gym but she's just had a a hard couple of years and has stopped training and now she's like mentally just not in the right place to get back into it but also it's just there's like a bit of a a fear factor about getting back into the gym and whether she's going to hurt herself and certain health elements and I'm like like Barry I'm just like no the more you don't go, I've like I said to her last time we chatted about it, just really black and white. I'm like, the more you don't go, the more you're putting yourself and your health in a, a, a bad corner. I'm just like, the, yeah, the, it's if you don't keep moving your body and do what's right for you, then each year that goes by, it's going to get harder and harder and you're going to feel... Um, that your energy is getting worse and worse and you're not as hard, you know, that classic thing as people age, their appetite's not as strong. So you're not eating as much like, you know, three, four years ago, you were like 
how you're hungry, you had a good metabolism, you were eating enough food, you know, you felt you felt good, like your mental health was in check. So I just think that's like lastly an important aspect of women who are listening that are 40 plus that this isn't just about the young people. And we talk about resistance training, you know, I think, again, there can be like, oh, I can't do that, I'm too old, like that's too scary. But the right support mechanisms for you are crucial. And resistance training for you might be just be going to the gym with a personal trainer and just sitting up and down on a bench as a form of a squat. Like it's like things can be modified to suit. Um, no one's going to put you under a squat bar and tell you to like do (laughs) (laughs) heavy heavy squats if you've never done it before so yeah I just wanted to highlight that because I feel like it kind of ties a lot of this together as far as like the all of those aspects as far as aging and health and and we we do see a lot of women um who are, are in this bracket I know I do I attract a lot of these women now Um, and I just, I'm such an advocate for them as far as like taking control of their health and in all aspects, including this. So yeah, get in there. It's your right to take care of yourself and feel good. Yeah. I love that, Jess. It's really nice to tie in because I think the hardest part is just starting. Like, I think there's so much like chatter, like mind chatter around like, you know, I can't do this or I shouldn't be doing that or that's not for me. And it's like, well, just give it a go, see how you feel. If you don't like it after a couple of sessions, then okay, let's find something else that you actually can get into. It's not, yeah, it doesn't have to be all one way, but I think um, in generally speaking, it adds so much value to, you know, life in general. Um, So I think think it's such an important thing for women's health. Yeah, Um, for sure. And it will look different across your lifespan as well. It doesn't always have to be just weight training or just, walking or things like that yeah. and that you know that also adds to that dopamine effect of when you're trying something new that that hit of dopamine comes in being like oh wow I didn't know how to do that and that's yeah that's so true <laughs> yeah so true yeah. was there anything else that you wanted to add anything we've missed um I don't know I think that was yeah that was probably a lot like <laughs> to talk about but um no I think we've covered pretty much everything we wanted to yeah. yeah awesome awesome i don't know if um, there was anything we could be more specific about i guess maybe if people felt like there was something we could elaborate more on we could but yeah nice we've kind of covered this more broadly but you're yeah. right there's there's aspects here that we could dive into um i mean i'd love to talk more with again we've done it a little bit in some other sessions but i'd love to talk more about the nutrition element I around training that. so if yes. people are interested in that, like, please Tell let us, us yes, know. <laughs> DM us and let us know. Um, before we finish, um, I just feel like I'd love our – I'll put you on the spot. I just think as when you were just talking about, like, training and changing what you're doing and different goals, do you want to just let people know what you're currently doing and your uh-huh. kind of goals <laughs> yes. as far as training? Because I just think it's really cool for people yeah, to know. Well, um, I guess in a couple of weeks, the, the thing that I'm looking forward to most is I've got my first Olympic lifting comp. So it's, um, it involves two movements mainly. So it's the snatch and the clean and jerk. And that's something I've been, you know, been kind of working at for the last like nine months, nine to 12 months or so. And it's definitely something I didn't think I would ever get into when I started out with the broomstick because that was the heaviest thing I could throw over the top of my head. But, um, <laughs> so funny looking back at your first, like, yeah, just a barber with wooden plates on the end because five kilos is too heavy. But now I'm like up to, I think, 65 kilos with the cleaning jerk and 46 kilos with the snatch, which is, is such a cool feeling. But week to week, it can be so frustrating because sometimes you just like nothing feels right. And then some weeks it just, it all clicks. And it's, yeah, it's so satisfying sometimes, but that along with CrossFit. And I think CrossFit's really great in the sense that there are so many different types of movements and there's always things that you can prove on and skill up. And um, there's, yeah, it's such a big area, but I guess um, it's something that I've really connected with, but that's just the weight training aspect and it incorporates everything. It is that functional functional exercise element. So yeah, kind of picked it up in the last year. We'll see 
and see what um, comes from it. But I'm also doing some CrossFit comps soon too. So, yeah. That's <laughs> oh, so cool. Yeah, I love it. I think it's really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's just good for people to hear that. It's always that backstory. And it's really, I really encourage listeners, um, go and check out Mel's Instagram, which is, what is your Instagram handle? Just um, Melanie Fenwick Nutrition. I've forgotten. Oh no, I think it's Melanie Lynn Nutrition. Wow, I'm not much. I'm not really great on Instagram, but I do try and share something. Well, just there. more particularly your stories, um, and just yeah, it, it's the reason I say this is that yeah, Mel. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, Mel, Melanie Lynn dot Nutrition. Um, Mel's got a few things on her actual feed, but it's more her stories, and even the. Even the other practitioners at the clinic have been really inspired by Mel. Like, I guess in regards to what we're talking about as far as like different times in your life and what you take on and you're building your confidence. Like, it's really cool seeing Mel's growth through this and how it's like really built her confidence around her training and just like, you know, pushed you in a different direction. But also I see it with the other women at the clinic like being inspired even Carissa I remember her saying she's like oh man you're just like you're so strong and I'm like really inspired to get back into the gym and I just think it's really cool how like yeah I see see women inspiring other women in such a positive way so thanks for sharing it it's really cool like far out broomstick to what you're doing now is pretty cool (laughs) thanks Deb love it all right well we better go thank you so much guys for joining us and thanks mel it's been awesome to chat to you and yes please share the podcast um sharing this helps other people find us subscribing guys like the more you subscribe and if you have a chance to leave us a comment in the reviews like it really helps other people find us um and we would love it if you could take the time to do that but otherwise have a super day and we'll chat to you next time